lesson comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Listen for the Word of God as it touches your hearts, your minds, and your souls. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, no, there will not be enough for you and for us. You'd better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. How many of you enjoy standing in line? <laughs> How many of you like waiting? Delay for us is very difficult as we live in an instant gratification society. Whether we're on hold, I hate when that happens. Whether we're not on hold, waiting to speak with a live customer service rep after going through 25 iterations of your birth date, your favorite tune, and you know it, you name it, you finally get a recording that says, please hold. Slowing to 25 miles an hour for a school zone after doing 55. Enduring a sluggish, internet connection. Oh my, the dreaded circle of slowness. Uh, or the thumbing through magazines in the office of a doctor's office who does not keep timely appointments. Delay frustrates those living in a fast-paced world. As a result, we prize faster communications, faster travel, food, answers to prayer, Money, weight loss, I'm still waiting, <laughs> and advancement, uh, are we there yet? Maybe the de dejected cry of a child traveling in the back seat of a car with a spouse sitting next to you, driving to a pregnant daughter, waiting for the birth of that granddaughter. Are we there yet? Adults and children alike wish for life on their own accelerated timetable. It's getting worse every single day. An entire movement 
is a, is a, is a, is a gas with us. Sometimes it's called the slowness revolution. And it's sprung up to counter the global preoccupation with speed. If patience needs a movement, did you hear that? Patience needs a movement to slow us down in order to, for time to be valued. We are surely in deep trouble. We need to learn, we do not, we do need to learn patience. And this is particularly true when waiting for God. Consequently, the parable of the ten bridesmaids speak to a profound word to a fast-paced 21st century populace. It's a fresh reminder of the need to prepare for delay, specifically the delayed kingdom of God. The early Christians, imagine this, the early Christians had to adjust to the reality that Jesus was not going to come and return as they expected. So they had to scramble. Paul had to scramble. Uh, uh, Onesimus, as, my, as the kids would say, Onesimus, right, would have to gather up the letters of Paul because Jesus was not coming and everybody was dying. They were losing all this history, so they had to gather all this stuff. The, their missions were to wait expectantly and in the meantime live faithfully courageously and hopefully it's our mission still today at the heart of our faith is a certainty that human history has a purpose and a goal and that it's moving towards the eventual fulfillment and completion of God's Word that is not the point of today's text however the point is that Jesus calls you and I to live expectantly and hopefully our hope rests on the trust that God the God who created everything the world will continue to do so will continue to love the world with gentle providence and will continue the process of creation until the project that God has started is complete and will continue to redeem and save the world by coming into the world with love and with grace every single day and that grace is found in Jesus Christ and our God will continue to reform us each and every day Christian hope is as big as the whole sweep of human history but it also reaches to each and all of us individually ultimate issues have been resolved for the human race but also for each of us individually as well for every congregation there are faithful people genuinely frightened about where human history seems to be headed. Freedom, justice, compassion seem fragile in the face of the forces of oppression, injustice, violence, and torture. Living in hope does not mean immunity to the harsh realities of history. On the contrary, it means living confidently and expectantly trusting that the Messiah continues to come into life with the compassion and redemption and hope. The challenge here, the challenge here, is to keep enough oil on hand for the lamps when the bridegrooms appear. To roll up the sleeves and work for the kingdom that is coming and breaking into the kingdom and into history. Folks, this weekend, we have celebrated Veterans Day, a day in which we officially honor those folks that have served in our armed forces who all has served in our armed forces please rise
We honor and remember you folks who are willing and were willing to put their lives on the line for you so that I have the freedom to do whatever I want to do here today, to worship the way that I want to worship without the worry of police coming into my building, that I have freedom to speak out, freedom to live just like the forefathers of this country wanted us to live, to live like our Savior endured. For these folks that gave up of their time, some gave up their lives, gave up family times and families, like our Savior endured, they endured suffering. Their families suffered, their friends suffered, their parents suffered. They knew because of the service and sacrifice that they were doing meant a future for our country and our world. As Woodrow Wilson stated in his letter to the country on the first, first armistice day, in his letter to the country, to uphold the barrier of civilization against the aggressions of armed forces. And he continued, out of this victory, there arose new possibilities. Did you hear that? Arose new possibilities of political freedom and economic freedom. But you and I as Christians know the very feeling every single day of our lives, and we need to remember it every moment of every day. Our Savior was born, lived, taught, was tried, tortured, crucified, and died. But he rose again so that we might be dead to sin. And we might live in eternity with him. He gives us hope. He gives us strength. He gives us love. There are some folks that are genuinely afraid of their own personal future. Perhaps facing serious illness, or surgery, or loss of employment. They, they and each of us need to hear the good news that the bridegroom will come. That the love of God will continue to appear. But the good news is he loves us, rich or poor, male or female, skinny or fat, regardless of our race or our sexuality. Our God loves us so much he never leaves us alone. Never leaves us alone. And in our lives, he shows up in unexpected ways. Jesus Christ comes when Christian people live in hope and never give up. Jesus Christ comes when faithful disciples express love and compassion and work for justice. And Jesus Christ comes when critically ill people know they are ultimately safe in God's love. Heaven breaks into earth when people of faith live in hope and give of themselves to work in the kingdom of God. As our stewardship drive comes to its first close, yes, it's a first close, because stewardship is an all-lifelong thing. It never really ends. It never ends. It doesn't end with a dinner. It's really just beginning. Friends, we have all been blessed with incredible abundance. And First Presbyterian Church in Lake City is going to thrive. And we're going to do great things this year. I know it. I can feel it. Folks are going to give of their treasures. You all are going to give of your treasure, perhaps with sacrifice, perhaps with unbridled joy of giving, so much that you're happy. I believe that we're going to go out like never before, making disciples, baptizing them and teaching them. I believe you all are going to utilize your social media that's available to you to go out to the community, to your friends, 
to your neighbors without hesitation. I believe we're going to go and reach out and minister to the people of Lake City like we've never done before. I believe we're going to invite not only our neighbors, but our neighborhoods to come and worship, to join us here. And I believe we're going to have so much money that after this stewardship drive, after we add a couple zeros to Norm's pledge, <laughs> I believe we're going to have so much money after this stewardship drive that after the chocolate desserts, yes, I'm going to do chocolate desserts again if we meet our goal. We will, <laughs> we will have so much money, Stephanie, we're going to have so much money, our mission outreach projects are going to explode. They're going to explode. They're going to be vibrant. They're, not, they're going to have a positive effect in Lake City. And it's going to make a huge and glorifying difference. I believe that our prayer lives this year, our prayer lives, yes, that's part of stewardship. Our prayer lives are going to make a difference. They'll be stronger than ever. We, each of you, may have one or even two prayer buddies. Remember that? About six months ago, prayer buddies? I won't ask you to raise your hand if you have a prayer buddy. It's in that strength, that joy, that effort that we will not be one of those churches that are successful at performing the great omission, but executing the great commission in God's love and God's great strength. And we will shake the heavens and earth here at First Presbyterian Church as we perform and exercise justice, compassion, and love professing power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Again, I ask, how many of you enjoy standing in line? I have an idea today. I have an idea. As you live in the hope and love of Jesus Christ, take the opportunity as you stand in line, perhaps it's at Publix or Winn-Dixie or Aldi's or whatever store you might be in, take the opportunity to turn to the person in front of you or behind you and engage them. Talk about your faith, about your church, our church. Invite them to come. Tell them what's going on here. It's an exciting place. This is an exciting place to be associated with. Session has to tie me down in my chair when we have meetings because it's so exciting. It's an exciting place. The, the education that we've got is great. We're going to hire a youth director. Our mission outreach, it's magnificent. Our music, well, well, the music, the music, well, the music is the best in the southeast, if not the country, or ain't the world. And if you could just get the preacher to quit preaching so long, it would be fantastic. <laughs> Amen. Let's pray. 